0: So, you know, these events that keep coming up, instead of just reacting, dealing with them one at a time and being shocked each time we have another event that surfaces that, we, that is brought to our attention, we need to function from the position of an analysis that clarifies we are in a total system structure of racism, white supremacy, and that is why we are seeing the kinds of behaviors from individuals, be it Donald Sterling or be it uh, George Zimmerman or any of the other cases that come to our attention. There is a reason that these cases exist. And I want to also talk about, in this case, they talked about mental health but also gun control. And we have to begin to understand I say you can't understand the gun mania if you don't understand racism, white supremacy. The gun is the answer to conscious and or subconscious, the answer, the response to the quite collective feeling they can be genetically annihilated by black genetic material and the gun is a great equalizer i encourage everybody get a copy of the isis papers and read
1: 10 people dead three wounded victims of a white man who opened fire in a buffalo supermarket yesterday afternoon 11 of the victims were black and officials said the gunman was motivated by racism he's been charged with first degree murder New York Governor Kathy Hochul is vowing for swift justice in this case, and she joins us now. Welcome. Thank you very much. What is the latest you can tell us about this investigation?
2: Well, the the investigation is unfolding, but uh, in the next hour or so, we're releasing the names of all the victims that have been identified and families notified. It was uh, an excruciatingly painful process. This person traveled over three hours With the intention of inflicting maximum damage, mass casualties on a community that was targeted by zip code as being having the highest black population uh, within a three hour range of the individual's home along the southern tier in Buffalo near the Pennsylvania border. So this is shocking on so many levels. But the intentionality that this was not a random act whatsoever, he calculated this, it was cold, it was calculating, and it was cruel in its effect. And so more information is coming out about the manifesto, where he was radicalized, absolutely on social media platforms. And we're also watching to make sure that the social media, the leaders of these social media companies are going to take responsibility and do much, much more to do monitoring themselves of content that is placed on their platforms before it is spread. This is the inactive white supremacy, terrorism and racism.
1: Erie County District Attorney John Flynn says he has evidence that may lead to a terrorism charge. So is that something you would support? Absolutely.
2: And if not at the local level and under state laws, we believe it will violate state laws. There are federal laws that would consider this, that treat this as domestic terrorism that even have uh, stricter penalties. So, so there may be a, a dual approach to this. So the district attorney was first, but also the uh, U.S. Attorney's Office is very involved as well.
1: So you're, you're calling for social media companies to do more to curb racist content on their platforms. Like, what, what do you want them to do?
2: I want them to have a trigger system, excuse the word trigger, but the system that would immediately, immediately alert individuals when racist content or uh, any manifesto type materials that shows a propensity or desire to harm others To kill them, to maim them, to have, uh, you know, mass casualties. This was all telegraphed. It was written out in a manifesto that was published on social media platforms. The information was there. They need to have algorithms in place that'll identify very quickly the second information is posted so it can be tracked down by proper law enforcement authorities. They have the resources to do this. They need to take ownership of this because otherwise this virus will continue to spread. And there are copycat uh, individuals who have seen what happened in New Zealand and in other cases where there's been racially motivated attacks on individuals, whether it's a a synagogue in Pittsburgh, it's a grocery store in El Paso, or it's a church in uh, Charleston, South Carolina. And Buffalo is just the next on a list. So this is not the first, but it is our strong and fervent desire that this be the last.
1: So um, there is obviously now talk about stronger gun control in the country. Uh, Buffalo Mayor Brown um, says he wants to see stronger gun control. What can the state of New York do? Um, to, to try to, uh, you know, stop these shootings or prevent these shootings and, and do more gun control.
2: New York State already has some of the toughest gun laws on the books in the nation. But what happened here is deeply concerning and calls out for a national response. The individual is able to buy an AR-15 in the state of New York legally, but that did not have the capacity to wreak the the uh, the massacre. That, that resulted here. What happened was this individual was able to go to another state, possibly Pennsylvania, which is literally 10 minutes from the border from where he lives, and acquire a high-capacity magazine that allows okay. 30 shots per round and have that added. So that's not legal in New York. So, but I'm going to continue looking at our gun laws. We're making some announcements on loopholes we found uh, in okay. a press conference on Tuesday.
1: That's New York Governor Kathy Hochul. Thank you for take, talking with us today. Thank you. It started as a normal, busy Saturday at the Topps Friendly Market in Buffalo, New York. People doing their weekly grocery shopping or picking up food for Sunday dinner. Until around 2.30, when a white gunman dressed in tactical gear opened fire, first in the parking lot and then inside the store. Ten people died. Three were wounded. Of the victims, 11 were black. Officials say the crime was motivated by racism. Buffalo Mayor Byron Brown told NPR that one of the victims was a retired police officer, Aaron Salter, who was working as a security guard in the supermarket. The mayor said Salter confronted the gunman and fired at him to protect shoppers, but the shooter was protected by his body armor and instead killed Salter. The mayor called the security guard a hero. Mayor Brown also said that another victim was the mother of the city's retired fire commissioner, Garnell Whitfield. The Buffalo News reported that Whitfield called his mother God-loving and a mother to the motherless. The news outlet also identified Catherine Massey as one of the dead. Massey's sister called her a beautiful soul. Mayor Brown said there will be a memorial service held for the victims today and that grief counselors would be provided to help families get through this difficult time. Stay tuned to NPR News and NPR.org throughout the day as we learn more about the victims and for the latest updates on the investigation in Buffalo.
3: context of white supremacy gusty renegade in for another broadcast hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy today's date sunday may 15 2022 so i have been told (sighs) marking time Uh, Events are still unfolding in Buffalo, New York. Peyton Gendron Jr., 18-year-old white race soldier. Talked about some of this briefly yesterday. I said yesterday on the compensatory call-in, hey, you know, all of these events are unfolding uh, it was literally minutes a few hours before we went live yesterday when uh, all of this had taken place so and hey it 's really only been about twenty four hours, so events are still unfolding. information is still being uh released but Wow, at least you know the minimum that seems to be confirmed at this point uh with the ten fatalities uh thirteen people shot, most of them black, eleven of the people that were shot uh were black. And all of this being done deliberately saying that he planned all of this out. Mr. Gendron planned all of this out. (sighs) I saw a number of different reports. One of them was uh, Buffalo Public Radio. And they said this is their Emmett Till moment. I have no idea what that means. We talk about metaphors on the compensatory call in every week, but I have no idea what this means. They could have said this is another Joseph Conrad moment. And we said, what? Who? What did he just say? Who's he talking about? What? Uh, that would have been, I think, more fitting, more accurate. We'll read the report and see. Excuse me, Joseph Gerald Christopher. Joseph Conrad is Heart of Darkness. That's why I did the slip white supremacy literature on my mind. But Joseph. Gerard Christopher this is our global Sunday talk but I mean hey this is being talked about all over the world right now and it is 24 hours but I mean hey Gus T with no budget no staff no helpers of any sort ignorant Gus T said Buffalo hmm, didn't they have something like this before in Buffalo New York I'm just going straight to the New York Times. This is uh, May 16, 1981. The cows did not exist at that time. Oh, my God. Let me give that date again. May 16, 1981. I guess I'm going to do if this was basketball, I would do my follow through and just let the think the hand hang. And this is one I want you to think about this. So anybody here listening to this program in the archives anywhere else, did you hear the name? in what they've been talking about with this case, have you heard the name Joseph Gerard Christopher? Because that should have immediately been mentioned with this case in Buffalo. And I mean immediately. But let me give the date again. This is just Gus T. Follow through and leave it black people all over the world despise Gus, victims of racism despise Gus cool in the gang VGQ VGQ Joseph Gerard Christopher so this is from the New York Times that date May 16 1981 what did the New York Times say on that day they said Scroll, here we go. Here we go. Until a month ago, when he became a suspect in the slings of black men in Buffalo and New York City, Joseph G. Christopher was unknown to the police who were hunting for the killer or killers of 10 black men, a black teenager and a dark-skinned Hispanic man in four cities last year. Last Monday, however, the 25-year-old Army private, who is white, stood in a Buffalo courtroom to plead not guilty to the shooting deaths of the black teenager and two of the black men in Buffalo last September despite the presence of two lawyers hired by his mother Private Christopher said he would conduct his own defense. The private is also considered a prime suspect in the other murders in Buffalo, Niagara Falls and Rochester shout to the rock upstate New York and is the subject of a grand jury inquiry into four stabbing deaths here last December 22nd joined service last November. The indictment of Private Christopher following his supposed admission to nurses at Fort Benning, Georgia, where he was recovering from a self-inflicted wound after allegedly trying to stab a black soldier to death has shocked and mystified. I feel like I've heard those words the last 24 hours. Shocked and mystified the defendant's friends and neighbors in the Buffalo area where he lived until joining the service last November. The Joe Christopher I'm reading and hearing about is not the Joe Christopher I knew, remarked a female secretary who had been very close to the young man for two years in the late 1970s. The police, who reportedly found used cartridge casings in private Christopher's Buffalo home whose markings conclusively matched the markings on casings found at the scene of the shootings last September have uncovered no motive for the murders according to law enforcement sources and the private's blacks as well as whites said in interviews that he had never showed any racial hostility. Most of the friends who have also been questioned by the police requested anonymity to avoid public association with the case. Private Christopher's family declined to be interviewed. Joe worked with blacks. He knew them, and he didn't have any prejudice against them, said a white friend who was in the home improvement business with Mr. Christopher in the mid-1970s and who saw him as recently as last December when the private was home on furlough. He just didn't talk about blacks. The friend added, he might have made a passing remark, but nothing more than I or many other people would have made. No strong feelings about race. Ernest Smith, who is black, recalled that he worked as a maintenance man with Mr. Christopher and socialized with him in 1978 and 1979. Joe once said that he had been ripped off by some blacks when he was a boy. Mr. Smith said but that's about all he ever said about blacks. He didn't seem to have any strong feelings about race. If he did these killings, something has to have come over him lately. That's what they said about Gendron. To some of his friends, Joe Christopher was a considerate, gregarious person who loved to fish and hunt and shoot pool and take photographs a high school dropout. Uh-oh. Mark Furman, a high school dropout who led a rather mundane life. In Buffalo's working-class neighborhoods, a man who was adept, with his hands eager to help others and slow to hanger. To other friends and acquaintances, he exhibited a more competitive side, a more brooding nature, and a marked distaste for being ridiculed or put down. But none of his friends or neighbors or former teachers and employers said they saw anything in his habits or character that may have drawn him toward violence. Joe wasn't a fighter. The most he did was yell, said one of Private Christopher's best friends. But anything's possible, and maybe the police have an ace up their sleeve. All it looks like so far is a lot of coincidences. Mr Christopher was born in Buffalo on July 26, 1955, and raised in a predominantly Italian East Side neighborhood that in recent years has become increasingly populated by blacks. Ooh, so similar his father Nicholas the son of Italian immigrants was a maintenance worker with the city sanitation department before his death in 1976. His mother, Therese Hurley Christopher is a registered nurse at Deaconess Hospital. The defendant has three sisters, two of whom are older than he. The eldest sister is married. Uh, as a young youngster, Joe helped build a three-room cabin of plywood and tar paper on a plot of land his father bought in Ellington, New York, 40 miles southwest of Buffalo, in chautauqua county nicholas christopher whom joe evidently adored was an outdoorsman and hunter who taught his son how to shoot and handle weapons joe himself acquired a passion for the outdoors that according to his friends surpassed all his other interests uh, after attending parish classes at St. Lawrence Roman Catholic Church in Buffalo, where his mother still sings in the choir, Joe was enrolled in the public schools and in 1971 entered the automotive mechanics program at Burgard Vocational High School. He is remembered there as a quiet, unassuming student who did extremely well in his shop courses before dropping out in early 1974 after he failed English and science. I don't know, I mean, <laughs> He did extremely well in shop so he could make like a bird bath but he couldn't even do he failed English and science and then he failed English and science Joe was very intelligent though he wasn't book smart said the secretary who is nine years older than he I mean they wouldn't say Gus T is very intelligent and I have a college degree this fella is a college dropout and he's very intelligent meanwhile I'm a worthless coon from Virginia only reason I'm reading this is because they go into some of the more details about what Mr. Christopher oh, membership in the National Rifles da, 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 da. let me see if I can give you a little bit more of the importance of why is this so important let me see Mm-mm-mm-mm. This is such an important case. I only vaguely remembered some of the details. I hate reading anything from the New York Post. I was trying to go to the New York Times instead. (sighs) I'm just going back so you can get some of the details as to why this case is so important before we proceed. Oh, my God. Uh, So the New York post K uh, New York post, their report, the serial killer left a trail of dead black men from Buffalo to New York city. He didn't immediately realize that he was bleeding several moments past from when the man struck 25-year-old John Adams in the chest until Adams fell to the ground his attacker a white man wearing wire-rimmed glasses topped on a 2 train it was almost noon on Monday December 22nd at the IRT station on 14th Street and 7th Avenue a couple hours after Adams was stabbed a man named Ivan Fraser rode the E train from Queens when the train stopped at 53rd Street Station a passenger got up and took a swipe at Frazier who caught the blow and threw the man against the door they both got off the train and Frazier yelled at the man who pulled a knife from his pocket people on the platform fled Frazier ran too when he noticed the blood dripping from his hand two hours later 19 year old Luis Rodriguez was accosted by the man with wire rimmed glasses on Madison between 40th and 41st After a brief altercation during which Rodriguez's wallet was taken, the man stabbed the teen in the chest. Rodriguez was taken to a hospital, but doctors could not save him. Uh, The year 1980 was a banner year for evil in New York City. They're saying that now. It had more reported murders, robberies, thefts, and other crimes than any year since such records had been kept. It was the year John Lennon was shot to death outside the Dakota but the Christmas time stabbings were shocking even for New York City, and for that year, a 12-hour spree that left four men dead and two wounded. They were all the work of an assailant the press dubbed the Midtown Slasher. Let's see. Then they give me more details about the Buffalo. Uh, Oh, there's a book. We might have switched our book. Uh, Let's see where is the portion because they get uh, they get very specific about the racial component. Let's see. Mm -mm 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 -mm. At any rate, Mr. Joseph Christopher, not to take up the whole time, he. Uh, killed these black males uh, specifically they used the word terrorize uh, in the report uh, and they even some of the some folks did eventually step forward and say oh man he did make statements about not liking negros specifically um, let me see oh there with see that's why I was trying Believe me, I'm not wasting time and just, you know, trying to read you all a illiterate. The reason I was trying to catch back up to see where they get to the details about some of these killings and why this case should have immediately been mentioned when they want to talk about Peyton Gendron Jr. And what happened just hours ago. So this is the Buffalo News, which their whole front page is Peyton Gendron. But they also talked about this case. So this they write. Uh, Joseph G. Christopher, the former RV private who terrorized Western New York as the 22 caliber killer in the early 1980s, has died of cancer in prison at the age of 35. Christopher claimed in a 1983 prison interview with the Buffalo News that he killed 13 black males. He died at 3 p.m. Monday in Great Meadow Correctional Facility at Comstock near Glens Falls said superintendent Arthur Leonardo. It was definitely natural causes. Leonardo said it was nothing that anybody did to him. He was here for several months. Most of the times he'd been here he'd been a very sick individual. Christopher, who had been become obese in prison, was considered such a risk because of his racial hate crimes that he was confined by himself in protective custody during his nearly 13 years in jail. At the time of his death, Christopher was serving a combined term of 58 years to life for the murder of three black males in Buffalo plus the murder and attempted murder of two black males in Manhattan. Authorities also believe he killed a black male in Niagara Falls, but he never was prosecuted because of the lengthy sentences he received in the other cases in the prison interview, the news Christopher did not deny involvement in the killings of two buffalo cab drivers whose hearts were cut out. That was why I remembered this case, like didn't they have a white man who was cutting out black people's hearts all those years ago? It just had to get back to getting all the details right, not trying to waste time at all, continuing. Christopher did not deny involvement in the killings of two Buffalo cab drivers whose hearts were cut out, but authorities were divided on whether he was responsible for those killings, and he was never charged. Christopher, a slight (sighs) scholarly looking type, he's a high school dropout who failed English, what are you talking about? a slight scholarly looking type who wore constant grin on his first trial. His initial convictions were later overturned on insanity grounds. Grew up on Weber Street in Buffalo. He dropped out of Burgard Vocational High School in his junior year and later enlisted in the Army. I think I can stop there. Uh, they do give the names. I guess I should name these victims. Sorry, I'll do that. Christopher was stationed at Fort Benning, Georgia, during the fall of 1980. The wave of shootings began on September 24, 1980, and during the next 24, 26 hours, three Buffalo Blacks, Glenn Dunn, fourteen, Glenn Dunn, fourteen. Harold Green 32 and Emmanuel Thomas 30 were shot to death by a white man wielding a 32 caliber rifle. The following day in Niagara Falls Joseph L McCoy 43 was shot to death, again a case of a black male shot by a white man with a 22 caliber weapon. As homicide detectives desperately searched for leads and blacks started carrying weapons for protection, police on October 8 and 9 discovered the grisly remains of two cab drivers, Parlor Edwards, 71, and Ernest Jones, 40, their hearts ripped from their bodies. Buffalo suddenly gained unwanted national attention. And, after Carl Han, a racist white supremacist announced plans for a rally, a crowd of five thousand people gathered on the steps of City hall for a unity day rally, decrying racism and the killings. But the attacks continued. that's where I was, oh, they got I can't even get all the victims I can't even read all the victims, I have to get the rest of the victims in later, that's why I was stopped at, that right there now, unless everybody said, hey, we already heard all this Gus, we already knew this we don't need you coming in here, being some remedial or what have you, Johnny, come lately we already knew this, cool and the gang, I hadn't seen any of this talked about, and really I hadn't heard this case talked about a lot it just happened to be that I remember studying this from wh- and i mean like years ago like when the cows first started but i mean wow this should be numbered like immediately joseph g christopher remember this this is not buffalo's emmett till moment we can just go back to right here chopping out hearts 14 year old black child all of that right there is why i'm totally cool We are white guests only on the context of white supremacy. I have 13 years of talking about and trying to reveal constructive information about white supremacy, racism, non-white people, victims of racism all over the planet. Despise, gusty, and that is totally fine. I did not get in this to seek out non-white people to speak to, but I'm not interested in sending out invites and asking for victims of racism to join and participate and discuss with us. And I don't talk to that nigger. He's crazy. Cool in the gang. White guests only, which would also mean Global Sunday Talk on racism might not be happening because Gus is not going to be jumping up and down and begging non-white people anywhere in the known universe to come talk about racism if that's not really a priority that's just not in my skill set my wheelhouse in terms of being a victim of racism who other non-white people want to talk to that has never been gusty somebody who's good at that should do that but white guests only we will have to see if non-white people in other parts of the world are interested in participating we'll see but Gus T. is really bad at being able to get victims to uh, chime in and share a word. Oh, well, Gus did know about Joseph G. Christopher in Buffalo. And I think that is super extraordinarily relevant to what is happening right now. And in fact, if I find a book about this case between now and Thursday... We will not be reading all God's children in the book club. We will be reading about Joseph G. Christopher chopping hearts out of black men. Now that is some black male privilege for you. Hmm. Anywho, uh, our Global Sunday talk for today, uh, we did have Andrew with us. And I mean, wow, this one is way different in terms of the Global Sunday talk for bunches of reasons because of what happened in Buffalo. Like, Man, that was front page on the BBC, Al Jazeera, France 24, everything. It would have been great. I wish I was super, super cool amongst the black people, victims of racism, to hear what non-white people all over the world thought about this incident. But Andrew was the only one who was able to make time, willing to come in and chat it up with us. Uh, Andrew, are you with us, sir?
4: Hi, Gus. Glad to be glad to be here as always.
3: For sure. Good to hear from you. Uh, I do not know if you have paid attention to what has been happening in Buffalo, if you've heard any information about that or what have you. But I mean, that is number one. It seems all over the world, 10 fatalities and uh, 13 people shot, most of them black. Did you see uh, any of this information, Peyton Gendron? Or is this the first time you're hearing about all this today?
4: Yeah, it's interesting that you say it was on BBC um, News and Al Jazeera. I'm sure it was but you know you see the problem is right i mean I, I i heard about it on cnn right so you see i'm not sure that i mean i mean maybe i'm just not watching enough news in this country but i don't think they report what happens to black people um on the bbc because obviously like all, like all countries you know we get news on the hour every hour 24 hours a day via via the bbc and itv on 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 free TV. Do you know what I mean? It's not pay-per-view TV. You know, this is free TV. So what I saw was coverage on CNN. You know, I I mean, maybe I'm not watching enough terrestrial news uh, in the UK, but I'm I'm still going to bet, I'm still going to bet that they, I'm sure they would have covered it, but I don't think they covered it extensively on on terrestrial news. I don't think they did. I think they, I'm pretty sure they would have covered it However, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the news tonight and see what they do with that story, if anything. But um, you know, I I, I you know I've been you know you know I've been in front of the TV for half the day today, and um, albeit uh, maybe I'm not watching the news, um, you know, as in BB as in as in you know UK news enough, but um, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd love to know if if what you're getting in the states is exactly what we're getting here in terms of the news. I'm gonna guess that I'm going I'm, I'm gonna guess that it's not. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a big guess that it's not.
3: I, well, I would hope uh, that we have you know phenomenally more comprehensive, more detailed coverage here in the states. I mean, Buffalo is right here. Like, I could have well. I don't know if I'd have been there. I could have flown, put it there. I could have flown there uh, driving. It would have taken, oof, if we had left immediately when this shooting happened, we could have been about halfway. We could have mm-hmm. been at Chicago uh, by now. We'd be somewhere around there, but we still have probably another good day of driving. So it, it is far, but I mean, we do have listeners in the New York area and stuff like that. So, I mean, we should have extraordinary coverage in comparison to you guys, but, I don't when you I guess the the news that you've seen over the past 24 24 hours did they let's see did they have anything about the abortion
4: and the protests that were happening here uh, Um I, again I saw a little bit of that on CNN I think oh, okay. you know and and you know that, that's what I saw there um I, you know the and and again going back to the shooting um <laughs> I just found that quite interesting because it, this 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 white chap decides to go and you know what do you do? He streamed it what I got is that he streamed it live and you know so, so obviously premeditated and planned and then he 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 emptied, he emptied the holy put bullets into whole holy put black people, and it seemed like he was going to shoot himself because this report that I saw on CNN said that he put the gun up to his chin and, and they were interviewing a, a, um, an African American. Uh, man as well so he so, so that was his eyeball account he put the gun up to his chin and then he decided obviously not to kill himself <laughs> you know which 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 we which I just thought why don't you just shoot yourself there why don't you just kill yourself right and I, I thought to myself you know I was talking about it with my wife and 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 um you know all we could come to was this man thought that it would be better for him he would get decent treatment by the police for him not to just end his own life, instead he what did he do? He knelt down, put his hands behind his back, and just remained like that. So why didn't the police go and shoot him? You know why didn't the police blow him away? Why? You know what I mean? So 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 that's the thing that I thought about. This this racist, right? Knew in my opinion that he would get decent treatment from them. He he, he didn't even have to do that, you know. Why didn't they pump some bullets into him as a terrorist? why you know and and so that's the, you know that's the bit as far as i'm concerned they, they should have just blown him away like they would have done any other non-white person you know what, what other conclusion can you come to mm-hmm. I, I can't see any other conclusion other than that He knew he was going to get decent treat treatment relatively decent treatment. Why else would he would not have gone through with it and uh, and blown himself away? Why, you know, terrible, terrible.
3: Mm, mm, mm. Context of white supremacy. Now you know, Andrew. Now, hey, we do not. This is a young white man. He's not even twenty. We are not blowing away some uh, white man uh, just because he shot a few niggers who were going to, you know, go spend their. Uh, EBT and food stamp coupons uh, to get Cheetos and you know whatever else at the grocery Now come on you know he can be reformed and get everything together. Well folks we have a new book for the book club. So what we will be reading Thursday is going to be Absolute Madness. A true story of a serial killer race and a city divided all about Buffalo. Christopher or Mr. Uh, Joseph Christopher that is what we will be reading starting Thursday I love it when I get a catch in between oh, we were going to read All God's Children which would have been totally fine really the same book but I mean hey we can go right to Buffalo. and again this should be talked about like hey we don't have to talk about Goofy Emmett Till not, I'm sorry my apologies my apologies not Goofy by any stretch we do not have to reference Emmett Till this is not our Emmett Till moment in Buffalo didn't wasn't there a white man who was chopping out white or excuse me black male hearts we didn't even get a prosecution on that that stood out to me like dang you can't even get a prosecution you got so many bodies we can't even prosecute them all like eh, five niggers eight niggers ten niggers and he lists some of the exact same come on New book for Thursday, Absolute Madness. A true story of a serial killer race. It doesn't say racism. Race and a city divided. Now, one of the things, because this is race, not racism. One of the things that I was curious about, you heard in the audio we started the broadcast with and since this is more of a discussion uh, about the Buffalo incident and what have you, you've had 24 hours to kind of look at some of the ed- information folks who are with us. If you have commentary to share uh seven two zero seven one six seven three hundred, 7300 the code five, six, four, nine, four, three pound press star six, one. If you would like to participate, see, we have New York listeners there, so they should be super informed, even though New York city is not quite, you know, Buffalo, but, uh, Like, yeah, that was one of the things that I wanted to ask Andrew and all the other folks around the world, if we could have got them for today, like, are they, what is the language being used to describe this? Now, Andrew cheated. He said he's been watching CNN, so he's been getting, you know, (laughs) our, our news content. But I mean, just from what you have seen. How have they been describing this incident? Are they saying that this is racism? Are they saying that this is race? Are they saying this is prejudice? Are they saying terrorism? That's a big one. What sort of language have you seen them use to describe this incident?
4: So they're not using the word terrorist that I've seen. They're not using the word racist. They've got, what, what, and, and I did pay attention to that. They're, they're saying something else. Um, Um, they didn't use the word terrorist they didn't use the word racist they said something else it's another phrase that they use and I can't remember I'm sure you know what after this I'm going to go back on to um, CNN and see what uh, phrase they're using but I didn't use any of those you know from what I saw um, from what I saw they didn't use I think they said I think they said racially motivated I think they said that um i hope i'm not getting it mixed up with something else i'm sure i'm not i think they said racially motivated attack or something like that but they didn't say racist attack but i suppose i mean is it is it the same is it is, is is a racist attack in in the eyes of the news you know um which is controlled by white people when they say a racist attack is that the same as saying a racially motivated attack or is that some uh, is that some coded language? Is that some legal loophole term? I'm not sure because there is because I've learned in the last year or so that there's um, verbology used in law that allows you escape, uh, 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 to, you know, allows allows you to escape. So so words mean something. I mean we know words mean something. Nealie Fuller tells us words means something. Do you know what I mean? So um, especially in the eyes of the law and, and and so on and so forth. So so I didn't hear them say racist attack. I didn't hear them say that, you know? But um but I will go and have a look at that. I mean it'd be great it'd be brilliant to discuss this, you know, words with a with a with a lawyer so so, so that we're clear, because prosecutions happen. On 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 words or don't happen on the on the on what words you use, you know. So 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 it's important. But I don't remember them saying racist attack or terrorist attack. I don't remember using. I don't remember them using those two words. It's almost like well, clearly they stop short of using specific words, don't they? Because 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 the words mean something, you know. You 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 know and you know you know but uh, and then they leave it to the victims of these crimes to push. And, and the weight of public opinion to drive towards using, labeling certain acts of this type of racist behavior, you know, labeling that as terrorist crime or racist crime. It, you know, it's, it's left to the victims and then they seem to, you know, you know, the, the judicial system in America and in all white countries seems to, seems to, seems to have to be pushed to use certain, certain words to describe, you know, particular crimes you know that seems to be again where we are with this
3: super important I know uh, vegan RD she's in the New York area she sent me the report yesterday where uh, the governor white woman governor of New York state uh, Kathy Hochul uh, she referred to this as racism. oh she was in the audio that was her she was talking today so she did a press conference yesterday evening and then they were talking to her doing interviews today she referred to this as an act of racism white supremacy and terrorism. That was her in the audio segment where they asked her if she would uh, pursue terrorism charges. And she said, absolutely Uh, not at the state level, federal level, both. Uh, And that is rare because I don't even remember with Dylan storm roof. I don't think he was called a terrorist and he wasn't charged uh, as a terrorist either, or hate crime. Not that, you know,
4: that matters, but I thought that was extremely, I'm sorry. No, no Gus, sorry. So I'm just putting my memory cap on now um, <laughs> because I've just been looking at, I'm just been looking at buying a buying a camera. I've just paid for it just now. Um, sorry. Rewind. It's been loads of um, uh, on um, on the UK TV and uh, what I've watched in the States and on YouTube. You call it Roe versus Wade. That's what you're referring to, right? Oh, the abortion. Yes, sir. Yeah, sorry now here's the thing again and i know the um and i know this racist terrorist has only just been uh, i know that's um, a, a, if you like a, a more recent uh, thing in the states I, I totally understand that but i've got to compare the coverage between the two from what i've seen there's been loads of coverage on the news you can't miss the rover versus wade thing right um a fem- you know effectively feminists coming out in droves and going bonkers right um which is basically what you know that's you know you you know there's been loads of that on 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 the uk tv all over youtube all over all over every news thing that's you know you know that's pushed into your ear holes in the uk right compared to compared to this racist going out and shooting people right there's been very little of that so for me now in my brain my little brain i'm asking why why is it Roe versus Wade is receiving, Matt has already received, and it's not just the distant, you know, how long it's been, you know, since, you know, because you know, obviously that's that's the last few days, isn't it? That's, a, that's about seven, I don't know, about a week, right? I get it. But almost immediately, there was loads on that in the UK. Almost immediately. You couldn't move, right? For, it's been in the newspapers as well, right? Roe versus Wade, right? You know, and you know, and it doesn't, it doesn't have nothing to do with the UK necessarily, right? But yet, regarding this, there's been in comparison, there's clearly been very little. Why? That's my question. I think I know the answer, but I'm, a, I'll ask the question: Why, anyway?
3: Mm. Context of white supremacy. I thought that was super important that is the next book. Like it's no doubt. Unless somebody can find a better book on the, uh, Buffalo slings from the 1980s, absolute madness, a true story of a serial killer race and a city divided by Catherine Palonero, Pelonero. P E L O N E R O. I already have the book. I'm just trying to get the unabridged audio book. Uh, I'm just looking at some of the newspaper images that she has for the book. She has, uh, newspaper reports I guess it would be that have uh, all these black people let's see two black murder victims mutilated body in river tied to death of cab driver all of this uh, black man Buffalo New York again anybody that's on the line have you heard this case mentioned because I mean wow, particularly I was looking at Buffalo Public Radio, Buffalo News, like I was saying like, hey, pfft, I would expect uh, folks across the pond and what have you to not have accurate information, even me, I'm in Washington State, that's like three it would take me days to drive to New York to Buffalo, Buffalo. they should have been the first ones, Joseph Christopher, we've seen this before, especially once we see the victims, now did he go out and get black males? at the grocery store I know they mentioned the security guard 30 year police veteran but was he attacking black males at the tops in Buffalo (sighs) black male privilege absolute madness a true story of a serial killer race and a city divided we have to see if we can get her on the program my goodness but that is the book Thursday there you go I was looking forward to all God's children but wow this is one to be bumped for uh other folks who dialed in with a hand up if you have commentary to share line should be open can i be heard can i be heard oh go ahead ma'am much obliged
5: thank you um so good uh afternoon to callers and stuff um so um as for the role versus um i'm sorry their abortion rights um abortion is the number one killer of black babies i'm I'm sure they don't want to get rid of that and then the other uh, question i have for everyone is um should we have a code for when a white person enters into a black area that only black people reside in because that seems to be what
3: associated with a lot of these killings. Hmm. Interesting. We talked about that with Maafa 21. Now you want to talk about a reckless production of offspring. Oof. lots of reasons to have extensive dialogue before we get to the bedroom. Um, I guess before we get to the code, because that is important, uh, folks should be thinking about it. and particularly if they're going to be more of these type of incidents, Are you familiar? You're in the New York area. Are you familiar with uh, Joseph G. Christopher? Do you remember all of this?
5: I never heard of it. I was born and raised in New York.
3: Mm, mm, mm. That is a failure of New York uh, because I mean, everybody Particularly right there in New York, like it's gotta be tons of folks like, oh my God, we lived through all of this. Jesus. They said it was thousands of people that went out in Buffalo to protest racism and targeting black males, and everybody just got collective amnesia now, huh? Code, uh, for an area, at least my thoughts. Um you know, it would be hard. Right, and I'm also speaking as someone who lives in Seattle, so I'm not really in like an area with all black people at any time or whatever they probably kicked me out first uh but it would be hard you know oh, actually let me rewind because i did live in atlanta so i have been in environments like that i remember at the comedy club it, it would be hard for so many reasons because neely fuller he has at the beginning of the book if you don't understand racism white supremacy what it is how it works everything else will confuse you like whoo so many black people, we're confused about racism. So we're not even thinking, you know, we're not thinking like, Oh, wow. They came to hang out with us. Wonderful. Joy. Oh, shut up. You know, old angry, racist, gusty, get your black behind out of here. Come in. Joy. That's I mean, so who it would certainly have to be united, independent. And like, uh, I'm not really in connection with these other folks. Cause they might be confused or don't think this is a problem or what have you. So my individual code, I see someone coming. Like, whoa! Be alert, be my. But I mean, I would have that about everybody, <laughs> like, because it's just been so crazy. Like, I see tons of non-white people that are not uh, courteous uh, or helpful, uh, not constructive in how we relate to other non-white people. So, it would just be very alert. But if you see a white person, be on the lookout. Uh, how is this person dressed? Do they seem like they have a bulge? Uh, in their pocket i think some of the things that like law enforcement and what have you talk about are they wearing like a big bulgy coat or what have you where you could easily conceal a whole lot of things even though hey it's spring we're headed to summertime why do you need all that those type of things just being really alert but it would seem like it would have to be more of a united independent thing like it certainly couldn't be a group thing in most settings because we're so confused uh and just be i know sabrina johnson she's continuing the wellsing institute she's talked about hey just having a code for yourself like your family you go somewhere and you see someone they begin with any sort of hostilities or what have you exit because this could this could be the top situation in about 30 seconds actually kind of what i've been saying for about the past two years like no chatting it up and what are you doing who you talk to what are you eh? None of that. Let's get out of here immediately. I would much rather be wrong and, you know, it wasn't a big deal and whatever the case. And we can come back and get whatever we need from the store later as opposed to whoops. And now we're in the middle of, you know, all of this. So, yeah, it would be very much about being alert, uh, not having headphones and things like that on, maybe not being on the phone. I talk about that at the end of every program, too, so that you can just be aware of things that are happening around you and if you're in a location where you know hey this is the black part of town lots of black people here let me be alert let me really be attention really like I said about everybody particularly any individuals classified as white what do they look like what are they doing what are they wearing what's their demeanor what are their nonverbals? just be alert you know and identify the exits and all of that. I also wouldn't want to be in any large crowds. I uh, know they were just at the grocery stores. No, you know, that's not exactly it, but I mean, they were talking in Wisconsin, right at the bucks game on, was that Thursday, Friday, my bad, uh, where they, it was a shooting Robin, California dialed in yesterday and told us about that. He I think it was like 20 people got shot. So that would also be a part of it too. Like anything where it's a lot of people like, whew, let's get out of here quick like I don't want to hang out because it's just been so volatile uh, over the past particularly over the last two years uh, those are those are kind of some of my thoughts does anybody anybody have a code even uh, vegan RD if you have, or uh, yeah vegan RD if you have a code yourself uh, in this or, or anything that you tell your offspring anybody any thoughts on on having a code if you are in an environment where it's mostly black people maybe all black people what do you do? And I mean, even put this in context with the HBCUs, right? We talked about the Delaware state incident yesterday. So that's another one, right? A bunch of black people on a bus basically. And then all the threats against the HBCUs. What's do? Do people have any sort of thoughts, codes like, whoa, maybe it is a little bit more dangerous uh, about the in the current environment, current context with everything going on. Maybe it's a little bit more dangerous to be in an environment that's going to be exclusively or predominantly a lot of black people.
5: Um, I don't go grocery shopping. I usually just order everything um, online. That's one thing. Um, another thing that I do is uh, I avoid crowds. I don't do any anything with a big crowd. I avoid it completely. Um, but I don't have a particular code for when a white person that doesn't, you know, that doesn't reside in the area is in an area that all black people reside. In. So that's why I ask.
3: Mm-hmm intelligent I don't even do all that grocery shopping I order my did you just start that with the pandemic or have you been doing that for a while in terms of the grocery shop or not grocery shopping just having it delivered
5: I started it with the pandemic and then I continued it because of pregnancy and then like having small children I just didn't want to go to the grocery store with small children
3: Mm, what I've been saying toughest job in the known universe Hands down, attempted black parent system of white supremacy. Absolutely. Like uh, Andrew was already talking about that. And uh, Rachel in New York, I, I'm sure we had the Henry in Chicago parent as well. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, what you just said, I think that's great. But in not being in large crowds, absolutely. Dr. Welsing talked about that repeatedly. Um, but yeah, if you if if it's in an area where you see some way, if you if you know there are other people there. Um, If they have security, you can let them know Uh, this person looks suspicious. Maybe keep an eye out. That would be a good thing. Uh, If there are other people that you have rapport with, let them know so that they can also kind of have a heads up, be alert uh, about what's happening. But so much of this comes down to what is your understanding of white supremacy, racism? What is your understanding of our level of risk? Because I know I personally, when I went out, I was not thinking about this even you know with an incident like this i still don't think i would have had that in mind like whoa like gotta be on a mr fuller said that some years ago he said man when you go out you have to be like a squirrel trying to cross a six lane highway (laughs) like whoa it is dangerous and i just i think for most of us we just don't grasp that so yeah it, it would just be you know no confrontations can't emphasize that And regardless of what they're doing I'm not going and you know what are you doing and blah 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 and all of that exit I write you know have a description so if you can get clothing and that sort of thing so if you need to relay information uh, to someone else but and trust your that's the other thing I would say is trust your judgment I know Dr. Cambon talked about that as well in terms of if you get a vibe we, Gavin De Becker, the gift of fear he talked about these type of situations specifically. He said, you go out and you see somebody white person or non white person, but you're in a predominantly black area and you see a white person and you get a feeling something is wrong. I don't quite know what it Mm -hmm. is, but just, you know, something like his walk, his aura, something (laughs) Trust it. That's when, where I said, I would much rather uh, I was wrong. He was just in a hurry. He got a parking ticket a little while ago and you know, no big deal i would much rather (sniffs) i was wrong err on the side of safety as opposed to because the system of white supremacy we are conditioned to undermine our own judgment to not listen to our own instincts or even just signals from the creator like whoa danger danger we are suppress all of that so listen if you're getting a sense if something thought comes to like whoa what is she doing here she what what is he doing? This white guy is, this is the black part of town with it. Take it. Especially if you are a parent and you have offspring there, take it and explain to them exactly why we're leaving abruptly. Yeah, I know you all want to do this and blah, 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 blah. blah. Did you see what happened in Buffalo? Got to talk to your children about that mandatory. Got to talk to your children about that. Absolutely. That is, I don't have any offspring, but you are in dereliction of your duty. I just read that report about the first time around they had an incident in Buffalo. It was a 14 year old. You have to talk to them. Take your time. Write it down if you need to. If you need to call some other parents, you need to call us. We got parents right here. Call at what did you tell your children? How did you talk to? But you have to talk to them to your children it doesn't have to be an all day thing and drown them in this so they're traumatized but I mean hey we are in a traumatic the governor of New York called this an act of terrorism you got to talk to your children about all of this that way at least as a family attempt it you can get your code together to how to respond to these sort of incidents if you're out in public but tell your children the same thing man if you get a sense what is going on here why is this guy here what is he doing he looking around, have you seen him before? I mean, this guy doesn't even look familiar. Tell somebody, report, exit, and no verbal. I'm not challenging, and blah blah blah. And all I got to show how to eh, eh, eh. this person could be armed, even if I am armed. I don't know if he has an entourage, I don't know what type of weapon he had. Body armor, that's what they said. The black security guard had a gun. You don't have body armor. Mm. um gus uh rachel in new york Um, yes ma'am
5: um it just made me think of something um usually if a black person walks into a white neighborhood they get very suspicious so we should act the same
4: absolutely that's right we had a great
3: (laughs) child said that's right that's right i agree that's right mama i agree
4: Mm.
3: i agree i agree because it, it, that's us every day, all day long. Trayvon Martin, what are you doing in here? What? Bag of Skittles? What? That's us all day long, all over the world. Child Q, we just talked about that. What are you doing? <laughs> what are do you. Yeah, yeah. Narco- yeah mm hmm. Mm hmm. Security. That's us all over the world. So, absolutely. What are you doing here, Dylan Roof? What are you doing here? Why are you here? And again, like I said, expecting that many of the non-white people that we're around, they're not going to think like this. They might even look at you a little bit crazy for thinking like, what is wrong? Oh, paranoid. You just hate white. See, that's what's wrong. That's why we have this problem right now. VGQ? Mm-hmm. That's why it's United Independent. Fine. You can stay here and hang out. No problem. And, you know, I hope it goes well. And, you know, I, I have a. I, it's all right. If I'm wrong in my suspicions, no problem. I hope that I am. Wouldn't have an argument with them either. Uh, I get other folks who, uh, since the code, I think that is important. If people have a code specifically, I think she said if you're in an environment that is mostly black or maybe it's exclusively black and a white person appears. Do people have a code about that? What do you do? Is it United Independent? Do you notify other folks? Like, do people, or are people starting to think about that now, given what and, has anybody heard of Joseph G. Christopher prior to today? Henry in Chicago, much obliged for your patience, sir. All right. greetings, Gus.
6: Greetings to uh, callers, listeners, and guests program. Um, I I guess as far as cold, you know, um, I know, Gus, you mentioned this about uh, not getting into confrontations with anybody, white, -white, non-white, and I agree with that. Uh, But, you know, you also said, too, that uh, unless you're prepared to die. um, But, you know, I always, you know, when you say that, I always say, well, I'm a I'm a non-white black male in the system of white supremacy. And so I'm at an age right now where it, anytime I walk out of my house, my chances of dying are are significantly great. And so, you know, for me, you know, I've, I, you know, I've always prayed that, you know, every time I walk out of my house, I come home safely. Uh, but, you know, also, too, I take precautions as well. Uh, I don't intentionally get into confrontations, but... You know, living in the system of white supremacy as a black male, there's always a chance for you to die. Um, but going to the the Buffalo shooter, um, I saw a picture of him, and I'm not sure if this is, you know, you know, with media, you know, with media sensation and everything like that. They had a picture of this, you know, white terrorist, and he was in his, I guess armor, you know, like a bulletproof vest with a with the symbol of the of the of the uh of the black sun. Now for those who know uh it's a it's an old Nazi symbol. Uh, people have this misconception that swastika was the only Nazi symbol, but the, the Nazis had many symbols. So with the symbol of the black sun it's also part of the emblem of the Asbalt Battalion that is in Ukraine. Uh, if you look at the emblem of the Asbol Battalion, the black sun symbol is in the background, along with the the Wolfenstein symbol that is in front of this emblem. Uh, it's it's like two it's like it's like two Z's inverted or something like that. But that's uh, also a, a Nazi symbol as well. So I thought that was pretty interesting connection uh with this you know young white terrorist that uh you know that he has this symbol and then you know our government is giving billions of dollars to uh the nazis over in uh over in ukraine um but you know i I was wondering if anybody has saw that picture uh and and i you know i thought it was pretty you know i thought that was pretty interesting um but uh but that's all I had on I mean, my life.
3: Hmm. Did you uh are you familiar with Joseph G uh Christopher?
6: Not at all. And, and you know the thing is is that you know I know people in the New York area probably would but you know I'm I'm still learning about stuff here in Chicago that, <laughs> uh, that <laughs> that i'm trying to uncover now i mean you know like recently you know just in the last 15 years i you know i started learning more about uh uh john birch and that happened in the early 80s so so yeah so i mean i mean it's not really like it's not really like uh uh a, a rarity that you know we don't know these things i mean we're you know we're confused people in the system of white supremacy. This is, this is the power they have over us because we don't we don't have the information. So we're still learning.
3: Mm, mm, mm. Still learning. Still learning. Gus T is no uh, scholar on Seattle uh, history or Washington state history, even though like ooh we that is. White supremacy, racism, right there. Ruby Ridge. We talked about that yesterday. Ruby Ridge. That is all this area, Pacific Northwest. I should be a scholar, but I I have said that for years. Like you, wherever you live at, yeah Rachel in New York, Henry in Chicago, I'm in Seattle. Like just study your local history. Like that, that could be one right there. Every time you go out to the library, or what have you? We go to the library, find at least one book. Local history. Let me learn something about local areas so I'll know a little bit more about racism here. That way, they won't slip these Joseph G. Christophers past us, uh, and different Bubbly Creek, in Chicago, and all of this, so that we'll be more informed. John Burr, as it will be more informed. Using Vietnam, right with uh, Joseph Christopher, had these white soldiers come back, and then they want to be race soldiers. But yes. Hey, hey Gus,
6: can I add one more thing?
3: Let's
4: hear it.
6: So so you just you just mentioned about uh you know reading about uh you know your own history and last year we read uh the book Packing the Men which is you know based out of Chicago which you know uh was a book written by uh, a Chicago scholar and And I was the one that narrated it. And it was a lot of information that I did not know about Chicago. So, so, you know, and I've lived in Chicago for the entirety of my life. So, yeah, there you go. I I mean, it was a lot of things that I learned out of that book.
3: Dr. Sylvia Hood, Washington. She was with us for uh, Earth Day last year and we did he narrated, we read her great book, uh, uh that was so relevant to, uh, COVID-19 and, uh, health and bubbly Creek, bubbly Creek. Uh, yes. Try to learn something local, national, global level of white supremacy, racism. You'd be a man like any, it really doesn't even matter where you happen to be. If you move someplace, go learn about that. But I mean, and that could be a great, Great way if you have offspring to teach them about white supremacy, racism. Just learning about where we are. Let's <laughs> bubbly Creek. We'll come and learn here all the rest of it. And, uh, we talked about it in that book packing them in. Or if you're in New York, like now, that is kind of grisly. But I, like I said, one of the victims of Joseph G. Christopher was a 14-year-old black child. So. Some aspects of it are a little bit more grizzly, but I mean, hey, if I had a teenager, you had better believe if we lived in Buffalo. Oh, yeah. My child is going to be a plus. I know all about Joseph G. Christopher. That's why I don't go outside and act a fool. Chop me up and cut my heart out. I know we are on a plantation. Uh, Let's see other folks who dialed in with a hand up. Uh, If you have commentary questions, Andrew is with us, UK, Uh, other folks who uh, guess chatting, discussing what happened in Buffalo. Anybody heard of Joseph G. Christopher? Anybody? Gus T., you are not the only one who does research. I was very aware of Joseph G. Christopher way before you said that. Uh, Can I be heard? Nick over the root, I think.
7: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Greetings, everyone. Greetings, Jeff. Um, um I just wanted to like uh, tell you about my well, my experience in the Forest Service and EMS over 12 years. Um, I always noticed that the the my, my white classmates or whatever and coworkers they were never really comfortable around myself and the other other so called black um people in in the school and in the fire department and whatnot. And it's I don't know like if you've ever like stared at a dog while it was barking at you and then it'll stop. It it'll kinda like look away from you and give you just keep you in there peripheral You know, that, that type of stuff right there is kinda almost like natural to them. And the ones like if you're around a lot of black people and when one of them come in their level of comfortability around you, when I see that to me, they've been trained specifically to not show that they're uncomfortable around you. And that to me is like a red flag. And, and also I'm real big on reading faces. Um, There's a, I think they call it physiognomy, physiognomy or something like that. Um, There's a TV show called Latter Me. It came out around 2009, if I'm not mistaken. And it's a show about um, reading faces. And they did like three seasons of it. And like every year, maybe once or twice, I'll binge it. Because I think you should be like real keen on reading faces. And that includes, you know, um, anybody's face regardless of their race. Um, and, and and an example I want to give I was getting some coffee pretty early one morning at a truck stop and um and this guy walked in and he wasn't a truck driver he walked in from where the cars were and he walked in and he was like, "Hey, um how many hours can you drive, you know, can you drive a day?" And to me there's nothing that non-blacks know that black people know. You know, they know everything that we know. So when I heard that question, I looked at him. I said, is somebody's life in danger? And his expression had me walk away from the coffee section. And I just waited off to the side somewhere until he got through, you know, with what he was doing over there. And I went back and got my coffee. Because his lack of an answer and his facial expression told me that he wasn't being cordial with me. By asking me that question, and um, yeah, just just check into to like reading faces and body language, and that type of stuff when there's, you know, no non-black people around a bunch of black people, and I would probably go to somebody who's of authority around you know when there's a bunch of black people and specifically ask them what are they doing here, you know? Question like, what are they doing here? And and when are they leaving? Because I, I would want to know that. And if I'm not comfortable when they're around, i just make an exit. Like you said, I'll come back later or, and, you know, and do whatever I, I need to do. Um, uh, yeah, intellect and safety first is, is the message that I have for my people. And uh, that's all I have to say for the moment. I'll mute myself.
3: Leave. Your feet still work. Let's say that. And that's united independent. You don't have to have everybody walk out with you or what have you. You set, you go ask your questions or what have you. You don't like the answers that you get or you're still unsatisfied. These feet were made for walking exit. Y'all can let me know how all this played out later. Hopefully safely without my presence. The nonverbals we talk about that in the context of workplace racism frequently, which is you know super important there. But hey, for this setting as well, like I was saying, that can encompass a whole lot of things. What does their face look like? What type of clothing do they have on? All of that, you know, where are they standing? Are they standing up? Are they sitting down? He said you can go ask questions if you don't feel comfortable with that. If they have security or you know somebody's in charge or what have you, you can go have, uh, have them alert them number one that's why i said pay attention to what they're wearing and all that so you can give a good description then you can go have them ask questions see what's going on they can let you know you know the results of of whatever com- uh communication they have with the person And the same thing you don't like the information that you get i will talk to you all later have fun be safe but yeah i think that is uh Super logical, uh, what we heard from uh Nick over the road. All the folks, uh, that's fine, just in terms of trying to talk about uh being safe when we are uh in an environment where they're mostly black people, maybe all black people. Why and what type of event is happening as well? I think that's also uh important. Are we at a church? Are we outside at like uh maybe a birthday party for somebody or? What's going on with this person, you know, has just strolled up. They want to hang out or they're observing. I'd may end even if we had a group, like, let's say we were out because we've been confrontations at so many different settings. Let's say if you're out like at a restaurant or an establishment like that, I might even tell everybody up front, like, hey, it's been a tumultuous, you know, couple years. If anything happens, if we're out like in public, we're not at a private residence or what have you. Anything happens. A white person, a group of white people come up, and this looks unsafe. We're leaving. Yeah, it's a disappointment. Yeah, it's a bummer. And we came all the way out here to the beach or whatever. Anything looks like, whoa, what's going on? We're leaving. We can rendezvous at, you know, wherever, get on the phones, text, we'll pick out, you know, if that means we relocate or we do whatever. But I mean, already have that discussion, especially if you have uh, children already had that so that that can be easy. If anything does happen, we've already discussed this. This can be a quick uh, vacate. And again, vacate without a whole lot of lip, you know, not going back and forth with uh, a total stranger uh, in these type of incidents. If, you know, this is out of public type setting thing. Uh, let's see. Did Andrew? You're, you've been right there with us. Do you have any thoughts in terms of of a code? If you're in an environment that's all black people or mostly black people, and a white person uh, stumbles into the setting,
4: stumbles. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah I, 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 I was listening because I, I think I think it's very interesting. And you see, the reason why it's needed. You see, here's the problem, Gus. Um, and I'm glad the sister brought it up. Here's the problem. It's not just an issue for African-Americans. It's an issue for Africans worldwide. You see, the problem that we have, for some weird reason, and I don't quite know what it is, um, we are not not afraid of white people. Now, what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is that many of us see white people as being harmless and or see white people as being the saviour our savior so when you go to west africa when you go any I, I think anywhere on the african continent right when you go when you go into Af- african communities whether these african communities are in america in the americas north or south or african communities in anywhere in europe white people are not seen as being we, we don't see them as being suspicious you know you may or may not know or the system may or may not know that on the african continent basically it's full of white paedophiles from america and from europe crawling all and I use the word crawling all over the african continent and you know africans are none the wiser with these white men basically going around feeling up black children in 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 africa you know you know that's what's going on you know so so you know so it does not surprise me that yeah uh, you have, you've got this young little white racist who basically can walk anywhere, I think, in in, in an African American community, and no one, you know, you know, people, you know, people are not what, not wondering, you know, Africans where you are are simply not wondering what's the what's this little white kid doing around here? Well, what's he what's he here for? You know, well, what's he here for? You know, so he's not challenged. He's not he's not uh, asked what, what you know what he's doing there. In fact, we probably we're, we're probably happy to have him walking around in our area. You know, when we when we should think the opposite, we should we should literally watch him because, you know, because of the history of of of, of white men in black areas worldwide. You know, this, this is just a you know, I'm not making this up. This is just this is just a fact. So um, and, you know, it, this is not to say that every white person in the black area is there to basically um, kill, maim or feel up black children. You know, you know that's not what I'm saying however there is a history of it right if we're honest there just is you know um there's just a history of it so so um you know in you know you know these you know there's these histories of shootings this histories of pedophilia this histories of all of these things you know so you know so so we you know so there needs to be something you know we you know there needs to be something that uh, we, we you know as far as i'm concerned you know we have to be very mindful of uh, of when of when we see these people in in our areas you know uh, we and the the problem is when we watch mainstream white media we believe that uh, that we black people african heritage people are the number one predators When that's just not, you know, that doesn't bear itself out in reality, you know, in reality, we're not the number one predators. You know, white people, white men are the number one predators when it comes to the shooting, maiming and and sexual attacks on black bodies. You know, that's the statistical truth. Right. So 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 therefore we have to protect ourselves. We have to protect our children specifically. You know, and we have to do everything uh, that 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 we can do to do that. That protection, as far as I'm concerned, starts with in black families. You know, and you know the the, the, the unpalatable bit is that we have to stay together in terms of black marriages in order to make sure that our children and our communities are protected you know that that, that that's a whole another long discussion but that is how you protect your communities basically you know black families have to stay black men and women have to stay together to make sure that the black woman and the black children are protected black men have to remain in have to be allowed to stay in the house in order to in order to, in order to manufacture protection and and then there has to be conversations around race and racism inside the house and how best to protect our children and that goes to that that goes to that we have to extend that to what happens at schools as well and and the lack of protection through social services and all the rest of those bits because basically you got you got you got to, you got the attack on children at school <laughs> as we know you know and that's just not uh, child Q that happens in 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 where in your part of the world as well. So protection needs to happen start in the house. Those those conversations then then be extended out out of the house, out into the local community. Whatever protection is not happening in the house, you know it can't it can't happen in the local community. It's got to start at home first and then be extended out. That's what's got to happen. So it's got to start in the family as well it's got to start there so we need to stay together in order to extend that that protection out of the house into the local community and further afield and into local politics as well basically we've got to protect we, we've got to, we've got to cement and protect and control our areas and control local law so sorry to move into solutions but you know you know but it's uh, but we, we've got the same problem in you know in my part of the world in london you know in the uk do you, do you know what I mean, you know, honestly in Brixton, I used to work in Brixton which is which used to be a black area before gentrification and uh, you don't even know but then you would have a whole heap of I'm going to say foreigners it's a strange word to use in the UK but understand Brixton used to be a black area foreigners, there'd be a foreign march right down Brixton High Street, where there's a whole heap of people that don't live in Brixton they, they just descend on on, a, on our area, you know you know, they couldn't do that in an Asian area. Do you know what I mean? Because the, the local MP, the local member of parliament is Asian and he's not going to make it happen. It's not going to happen in the area, but it would happen in our area because we don't control local politics. It's not, we're not, we, we haven't cemented and we don't control Like If you control your area, you control who comes in to your area pretty, pretty much, you know, and, and that was absent from us for the reasons that I've just laid out, I'll be quiet.
3: Context of white supremacy. That, that is the global system. Black people not having control, uh, to regulate, uh, who's going to be in our areas and what have you. That's why Mr. Fuller says we don't have communities because we do not have, uh, the ability to secure and, Keep each other safe. You're not gonna be around here. What are you doing in here? Uh Peyton Gendron, get on out of here. He wouldn't, you know, even be the in fact they even said the area where he went to go and shoot and maim all these black people, including and in fact they should be calling this guy a cop killer. They said Mr. Salter, mm-hmm. Aaron Salter, uh was thirty years working on the police department. Why isn't that a cop killer? He's working as a uh security guard.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Anywho, uh but they said in addition to this tops being a guess supermarket where mostly black patrons uh, went to get their their groceries and what have you Uh, they said that this is an area that's a so-called food desert uh, where they say hey we don't have the the black people that live here don't have many options for their grocery shopping needs nutritional apartheid they have other terms for but having very limited access to get groceries anyway and then you have this happen on your way to go get your Cheetos that's what I mean about you don't have communities anyway whether it's we got an armed white 18 year old or a whole store filled with high fructose corn syrup and baby for I guess no baby formula now but usually baby formula and high fructose corn syrup and Cheetos and Processed foods and lunchables, whole lot of stuff to kill you. And if that, either we do it that way, and it takes sixty years, and you have a really low quality of life, or we can just do it all in one shebang.
4: Mmm. Serious. Yep.
3: Our caller in Florida, they said Trayvon Martin, he had tea and Skittles. Same thing. Processed foods, high fructose corn syrup. Either way, long way, short way. You take your pick. Caller in Florida, did you have commentary questions? Uh, did or I guess you're kind of far away, but I'll ask anyway. Did you know about Joseph G. Christopher or have heard him mentioned? Uh, serial white serial killer in Buffalo, New York, who was killing black males.
8: No, sir. You can add me to the list. I'm uninformed about that as well.
3: Still learning. All still learning. Proceed. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, sir. Greetings to
8: us, the hosts, the listeners, and callers. Um, I'm still learning. Also on the uh, the Buffalo, uh, the white supremacy I was practiced the. They're calling it, I guess, the mass shooting and many things. Um, I plan on watching some news reports on that, but I do agree with uh, the United Independent for a situation like that as a white person is entering a uh, an environment where there's a majority black population. Um, I, I can also see where black people would, Take an issue or make issue with you if you try to ask like, "Hey, you know what is this person doing here? This, you know, this white person doing here?" Um, I can definitely see how it would be an individual thing. uh, As far as who the black people that I've been around, Uh, now for the the shooting, it's it's like, man, how they connected it to Dylan Roof, or they said he. Uh, was inspired by Dylan Roof. I would want to, uh, I guess, hear the manif- uh, manifesto that the person wrote. I think that's what may be a part of the news. But um, yeah, I was just calling in to learn more about the details on that news event. And as far as um, also another thing about the code like just me working where I'm working at now, like I'm about to hit my 11 years. And then like, if it wasn't for this program and the people that I call in and other platforms, like it's, it's no telling where I would be right now. Um, like not to really get off of the subject, but you know, one of the last conversations I had with my dad, he said, <laughs> he said he was raised to be racist. I didn't understand what that meant, you know? And he, was with a a white woman, you know what I mean? So, and I know he definitely didn't want to really be talking about racism and everything. So um, I appreciate this program, people that call in. And uh, I just long to just keep learning about (coughs) this to help solve that problem. Yes, sir. (laughs) Yes, sir. Um, And learn about the local history. Uh, national and global. And that's all I pretty much have to share. Thanks for allowing me to speak.
3: Congratulations. 11 years. That's, uh, that is awesome. Um, Counter racist logic can be, you know, helpful with longevity. In some cases, help minimize some of those problems and uh, be preemptive proactive in some cases to keep things from becoming a problem way in advance so uh, yeah congrats Uh, keep up the good work keep learning and uh, yeah excellent notes I think that too taking lots of notes because you know me has great reports for workplace racism just being really detailed and documenting things having a reputation for documenting things like that is also a great way help with that longevity and mental longevity and minimizing problems uh, in the workplace but uh, yet the confusion is so why even that because I mean I would hope at least like I feel like that's one of the reasons like I appreciate like Mr. Fuller Dr. Welsing, Grand uh, Dr. Cambon uh, folks like that who victims but they've been studying this problem for some time and they will remember incidents like that uh, Joseph G. Christopher and what have you, so that you can put things in a greater context. You can see the big picture. And what I said too about confusion: that hey, if you got black and that's widespread. Michael Jordan said the same thing. He said he grew, and he said, or well, it's not. He said, it's fact, he was uh, raised Wilmington, North Carolina. Uh, Wilmington, North Carolina and he said yeah the experience that I had I, I basically was was racist against white people like what and this is in context of him saying a white girl called me a nigger and after that I had so many of these type of incidents that ah, I was just racist against all white people <laughs> what <laughs> what even if he had said he hated all white people like alright that's reasonable <laughs> like if I was called a nigger and if I <laughs> He could have been treated like a prince. I was raised in Wilmington, North Carolina. About let's see. He was born in 19. My memory, unless it's bad, I think he was born in 1963, February 1963, Mike Jordan. Uh, So that's like 65 years after they didn't kill like 10 black people in Wilmington, North Carolina. They, kill, they don't even know how many black people that they killed and purged from Wilmington, North Carolina. That end, that's not even counting all the property that was stolen. That alone would be reasonable. Man, I am not feeling these white people. And that would be another one. Just like with this, we have folks who, you know, all of us, me too, talking about not knowing local history and all that like that. I didn't even know. That. I didn't even know. Now does Michael Jordan at that time and even or now, does he know about that Wilmington purge that happened in his hometown? That also just shows the generational confusion. Mr. Fuller even talked about that where we don't really get to build on information. It's like, you have to start from scratch from Every generation in terms of thinking about processing racism, white supremacy, what it is with a problem that is centuries old, you don't even get to build on information to get closer to a solution. All of that is by design as well. But uh, any other comments? The people comments on the code, even the abortion aspect, I thought was significant because I was very sure. And even that was a language thing, too, because I think I was saying abortion and Andrew had to catch it, come back and say, oh, you mean Roe versus Wade? Like, oh, yes, yes, they've been talking about that every day. I'm like, of course, white women, yes, yes. Uh, white genetic annihilation, yes, every day. Uh, any other folks comment here they want to make sure they get
4: in? Can I say a little bit more about role versus wage, uh, uh, Gus? Andrew in the UK, let's hear it. Yeah, um, it's an interesting one, you know, because you see, what I'm hoping is that uh, black people, particularly black women, don't follow white women down that road, because I, uh, I think I think the sister who's on the uh, call said earlier on that. Uh, uh, you know, you know, she said that uh, abortion is a big killer of uh, black life, black babies, and I to- I totally agree. You know, um, you see, so we, we shouldn't really be following, you know, these people in 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 that, you know, um, you know, we shouldn't be following that. Because I know that, uh, you know, that that whole Roe versus Wade thing has got links to um, Planned Parenthood, and I know from what I've read. Those planned parenthood, you know, they operate in black areas basically. Not only in the states, by the way, but also, you know, in 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 the UK. Mm-hmm. You know, so so they, I think they call it something else, but basically it's planned parenthood. So so that whole area, you know, we, as far as I'm concerned, we just want to uh, avoid. You know, what we want to be doing is building black families or doing our best to build black families. You know. Um, you know, uh, you, you know that whole era of Roe versus Wade, and I think that's linked to, um, you, you know, you know, that it's linked to other issues around. Um, I know in the states around how, um, you know, black families, you know, f- have been destroyed and all the rest of it, you know, we you, through gov- through government assistance and all this kind of thing, you know. Um, can't remember the report that was in the more I think you call it the Morningham report i'm probably reporting i'm probably saying that incorrectly so all of that basically has been put together really to destroy black families as far as i'm concerned in america and this country where i'm in my my part of the world has mirrored it in 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 various ways in the uk you may or may not know this. discuss but going back to when i was a child you know a known way for poor black girls in 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 council estates you guys call them projects to get, a, to get, a, to get somewhere to live, to get, uh, we call them a flat a council flat has been basically just to get, just to get pregnant. And that way you get a council flat is, you know, it, 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 we, we, people joke and have joked and laughed about it over the years, but basically it's true, you know, so you get, you know, young girls new at that time where I grew up, if they can get pregnant, they could get somewhere to live. They could get a flat off the, off the local council, But the problem is their child just grows up on a council estate. And so you've got a, you you, you say, so you just got generational deprivation and all the rest of those things. And, and young black girls that are trapped in the system and their partner, if you like, their, their man, their husband becomes the state, you know, to the point where, you know, if they meet a, a, a young man, you know, he can't be, you know, that they can't get together because then she'll lose benefits. And so and so that's I know that's mirrored in the state. So we, you know, we have to think differently we have to think generationally we have to think further than all of those things we have to train our children to think further than all of that you know you know that that short-term mindset we have to move our people from that short-term mindset to a long-term mindset as far as i'm concerned a generational mindset which means 200 years you know generation a generational mindset is four generations you know to your great-grandchildren you know so so that's opposite to so that whole mindset is opposite to 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 an abortion mindset that's what i'm trying to say you know when you compare the two
3: context of white supremacy rachel in new york uh you came in talking about this issue did you have anything you wanted to add um i don't have anything additional to
5: add um, uh, I'm still thinking about the code that I have formed. Um, as for the abortion, I still stand that it's the number one killer of black babies. Um, mm. that's it. Mm.
3: Definitely lots to discuss before hitting the bedroom. Can't emphasize that enough. Dr. Welsing talked about that enough. Like, whew being extraordinarily responsible with our genitals, racism, white supremacy, when they're not outright stealing our genitals and lives, they do a lot of conditioning us to be totally reckless with our genitals, which suits just what Andrew said about all the pedophiles, male and female child rapists. Um, that suits their environment to have a lot of people who are confused about and or reckless with area 8 sexual activity Uh, did any of the other folks uh, commentary suggestions uh, that they wanted to make sure that they got in everybody satisfied seems like situation in Buffalo ended up dominating which I guess you know at least all the reports that I've seen that's uh, that has been the case worldwide where everyone is talking about the situation in Buffalo incorrectly uh, I have seen some mention of racism I think Andrew in the UK said it was using different terms not so much terrorism not white supremacy but other terms uh, also I've seen a lot of focus where it was uh, social media you all you know radicalized this fella and got Peyton uh, uh, Grin- what is it, Grinden, however you say his last name you all got him uh, radicalized and motivated him to do this and social media companies need to be held uh, accountable um, and then gun control which is pretty common when they have these sort of incidents, I played that segment Dr. Walsing saying hey you do not understand the gun, uh, gun control or the lack thereof if you do not understand white supremacy Racism, uh, and especially this guy's conduct. I think retired fire firefighter in uh, Florida was saying yesterday that uh, he had nigger carved in the rifle. Uh, Henry in Chicago was telling us about the symbolism. Uh, he had the uh, the black sun. I didn't even see that. <laughs> I didn't even know that part of it. Uh, but allegedly, I guess he there's a picture where he's got this emblem, Nazi emblem, uh, also that uh, folks can see like. Eighteen years old, eighteen years. He couldn't even vote for Trump. They can't even put this off. There. Oh man, these old white people and all that. What sort of grievances do you have at eighteen against the niggers? These aren't even niggers like in his neighborhood that did something to him. These are niggers that are way far away. Said hundreds of miles. He had to drive. That <sighs> <Daddy>, it what. <laughs> me go get the title again man the book i found that while we were live on air i knew about the uh event in terms of uh christopher uh greg christopher i knew about uh that event i just didn't know that there was actually a book uh that details all of this that will be uh this coming thursday right on schedule that we just finished dear senator as i said i was all ready to roll with all God's children, which is about the same subject matter. Uh, that is a book that is about all of the history of white terrorist violence in South Carolina and how that spreads through generations and even to other black people, black children. And then it goes into Willie Boskett. That's like the second half of the book. Great book would have been a beautiful sequel, but with everything in Buffalo and then so many people, even Gusty, I'm not like an expert on all of this. Our next book absolute madness a true story of a serial killer race and a divided city and I think there's even a Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton mentioned in this text like I could not be more excited (laughs) like right on time terrible subject matter but reading is more important than watching television uh, local national global history like so super important um, we did, uh, our global Sunday talk would have been great to hear from some other folks on this. Cause this is, this could end up being like Dylan storm roof an event, you know, that they'll be talking about for as long as white supremacy, racism, uh, exists. So, but hopefully we'll get a chance with him later. Uh, if possible, uh, at minimum, we will be here on Tuesday. Uh, White guest, uh, Gerald Van Dusen, will be talking about his book, The Race Riots in Detroit. I'm sure we'll have more uh, to say about the Buffalo incident uh, on Tuesday as well. And then the book club Thursday. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. Uh, Much obliged for hanging out, sharing some of your time and expertise with us, uh, Andrew, uh, as well as all of the folks who uh, dialed in uh, stateside, Henry in Chicago, Rachel in New York, Nick over the road, uh, our caller in Florida. I uh, hope it was a constructive investment of your, I guess, Sunday evening, afternoon, wherever you happen to be at. Uh, sobriety would be best under conditions of white supremacy. You never know. Might be you pulling into the supermarket or the library or whatever it is and Mr. Gendron, we talked about there was a white female, 16-year-old even that, like paying attention to the ages now uh, Mr. Christopher, Gerald Christopher, Joseph, that was it Joseph Christopher he was 25 they said Peyton Gendron, 18 Nick over the road, he reminded us yesterday the case of the white female in Georgia she was going to go shoot up the black church she was 16 do they seem like they're ignorant about racism hmm I keep hearing that it's the Donald Trump's you know once they Donald Trump Donald Sterling all these old fogey white dudes and Paula Deen even some of these old fogey white but once they die out Queen Elizabeth will be great man once we get rid of these really Hmm. Dylan Storm Roof I believe at the time 21 might even been a little bit younger than that but I mean he was not older than 21 way back in 2015 What does it mean to be white? I think the way we normally say it is racist man, racist woman, racist child. They have a super understanding of white supremacy, racism. We non-white people still learning. In addition to being sober when you're out and about, like maybe be thinking about that code, like, whoa, am I in an environment with a lot of black people? Let me be really vigilant about what's happening here. Anyone as white pops up. Whoa, I'm vigilant anyway, because I mean, hey, but I mean someone classified as white is here. What is he doing? What is she wearing? Does this person look like they got a bulge gun? What's their disposition? All of that. Anything strikes you as suspicious. Time to go. You don't need to have an argument or a discussion with any non-white people about this if they want to stay. Oh, you're just a racist. You are so paranoid. You got all that hate in your heart. Brother, I'm on yeah, Hmm. Mm-hmm. VGQ, victims guaranteed qualified. Although I'm sure after today, at least for a few days, there will be many more non-white people might be receptive to reconsidering. Definitely, make sure you let them know. Did you hear about that book, "Absolute Madness"? <laughs> race, a true story, of a serious should say white serial killer race, and a city divided. Book club Thursday. <laughs> Tell them to tune in. Uh, if you're in a vehicle, you're sober, you're buckled up, you're not on a cell phone. We just got to be alert. Very dangerous times that we are in. It has been time. Replace white supremacy with justice immediately. No throwaway children. That right there. Hey, we are not going to hop in this bed and have fun for a little while just so that we can go have an abortion. We're not doing that. We're not hopping in this bed and having fun for a little while just for a child cue either. We are going to be super super serious about the production of black offspring and if we're not into all that we don't want to be responsible hey i agree with gus being a black parent is the hardest job in the known universe no problem that just means we are not reckless with the production of offspring and then you can fool around and have all the fun you want no offspring and none of that black children in foster care black children being aborted black children being abused all over the world as Andrew pointed out not being reckless with sexual intercourse sexual activity is an enormous component of replacing white supremacy with justice cow signing out thanks all for tuning in.
8: Nigga, you so brainwashed.
7: I'm a victim, no brother. Problem. You're a victim. Yeah. I'm up. a victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed my conditioning. Mm-hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. <laughs>